Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program when you visit walkintruth.com. Hey, happy Veterans Day. If you served our country, everyone here on the Walk in Truth team and members of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona would like to thank you for your service to our country. You've sacrificed a lot. Some we can understand and some we don't because we haven't been in your boots. So may God bless you for your service. Now, here's Pastor Michael in his teaching of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 about a spiritual father. Would you please take your Bible and open to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to finish chapter 4. We're looking at the title, A Spiritual Father. We'll be tackling 1 Corinthians 4 verses 14 through 21. I'm going to read the text, the entire text for us, and then we'll come back and break it down. 1 Corinthians 4, 14. The Apostle Paul writes, I do not write these things to shame you, 1 Corinthians 4, 14, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, verse 15, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. I exhort you, therefore, be imitators of me, 17. For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some have become arrogant as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you if the Lord wills. And I shall find out not the words of those who are arrogant, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. What do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Father, may you write your word on our hearts and may we have open hearts to be good soil for the implanted seed of the word of God, which is able to bear abundant fruit if we are receptive and if we intend on obeying. And Lord, that's really the truth of the matter, is that the Word of God does go out, but the question is, how will we respond to it? This particular section is a challenging one, but Paul softens his tone and really takes on a fatherly tone, which we always need to remember that you are our Father. And as much as we get exhorted and sometimes warned in Scripture, it is because you love us. Any good parent spends a good amount of parenting warning their children trying to protect them from things that they cannot always see or even understand. And so, Father, help us, because we need to hear your voice, not the voice of a man, but the Word of God. So I want to get out of your way, and I pray that your people, including myself, would be open and receptive to what you have to say, what the Spirit would say to this church body. May you be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I'm sure you've probably noticed, maybe this is personal for you, I think it would be for all of us, that moderns don't particularly like authority. It seems like respect for authority is waning in our culture. One day I went to a golf course and uh, I was at the counter and I had heard that the golf course gave discounts for police officers and firemen. So I came behind this conversation and slipped in the fact that I was a pastor hoping for a discount. To which the man at the counter replied, oh, you're a pastor? 
no, we charge you guys more. <laughs> and all God's people said, ouch, Pastor Michael. It seems like we live in that type of an environment where you know, offices and professions that we used to respect have lost some respect. The question is why. I think public school teachers could tell you the same. I think you know, those who are in authority positions in different contexts would say the same. Maybe every generation, as we get a little bit older, you know, decries the same kinds of things. You know, oh, the young people have lost respect. You know. And maybe that sounds like an old person's thing to say. But it does seem like it is a prevalent thing. And maybe even for our veterans today, it seems like you know, maybe there's not as many thank yous and respect as we used to see. C.S. Lewis was speaking of his pre-conversion life. He said these words, But of course, what mattered most of all, he was not a Christian, was my deep-seated hatred of authority, my monstrous individualism, my lawlessness. No word in my vocabulary expressed deeper hatred than the word interference. But Christianity placed at the center, uh, placed at the center what then seemed to me a transcend, transcendental interferer. If its picture were true, then no sort of treaty with reality could ever be possible. There was no region, even in the innermost depths of one's soul, nay, there least of all, which one could surround with a barbed wire fence and guard with a notice, no admittance. And that was what I wanted. Some area, however small, of which I could say to all other beings, this is my business and mine alone. Stay out. You have no business here. And in the modern vernacular, maybe you've heard this before, who do they think they are to speak into my life about areas where that's my decision, right? And in the radical individualism in the West, where we really define everything by our individual rights and what's in it for me and what I want from my life and how I feel about things. The idea of authority, you know, really is on the back burner. And Paul is going to use an image of a father here. In fact, he calls himself a spiritual father. He birthed them in verse 15. He will tell them in verse 16 to imitate him. And then he warns of the possibility of discipline in verse 21. And so we can all hear the objections now. Who does Paul think he is? Even in some schools of theology now, people are beginning to question Paul's, you know, is he really in touch with reality in these areas of life? Like we know more than the Apostle Paul who was inspired by the Spirit to write two-thirds of the New Testament letters. But that's kind of how it is now. There, there are people who are even saying, well, maybe Paul was wrong about this. Maybe he didn't really understand the issues. Oh, I think he understood very well. The question is whether we want to hear what the Bible has to say. Now, good authority is the ability to influence for good. And we all know that when man gets power, he can abuse power. So people have been turned off to authority because they've seen abuses of power or what we might call authoritarianism. And when that happens, of course, authority gets very ugly. Authoritarianism is enforcing strict obedience to the authority at the expense of personal freedom. 
That's not what our culture is about. Our culture is about celebrating freedom, but we all realize that we need some level of authority or we're going to have anarchy in our world, right? We need some level of authority or otherwise it's going to be chaos. And since it is a Veterans Day, I think veterans very much understand, those who have served in the military, what authority is about. And respect for authority. That's really something that's grilled into you as you serve. And so good authority is a person who wants your best. If you have a good boss, if you have a good leader, if you have a good spiritual mentor, they're in your life for your good. They will tell you the truth because they believe that it will help protect you and even further your development as a person. That's what you want to look for in good authority. They don't want to rob you of your freedoms. They don't want to take away you know, the goodness of your life in terms of it being abundant, but they want to protect you and help you get better. And so we ask questions like, well, is there authority that's worthy to be followed? Well, God has, a, has created authority structures. Really, throughout the Scriptures, we can see it. God created the family. He created government. And He created the church. Let me show you just three quick Scriptures. Go to Romans. Just one book back. This is Romans 13. This is what our responsibility is to these three spheres of family, government, and church. Here's what it says. Romans 13.1 says, Let every person... Be in subjection to the governing authorities, Romans 13.1. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Skip down to verse 3, Romans 13. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. Now, Ephesians is a little bit to your right. You have to pass up First and Second Corinthians. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. This is the family topic, another sphere that God has established. And here's a favorite verse for parents to quote to their children. It's Ephesians 6.1, and here's what it says. Children, Ephesians 6.1, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. Ephesians 6.3, that it may be well with you, look at the benefit, and that you may live long on the earth. Now it does say that fathers are not to provoke their children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And finally, a little bit more to your right is Hebrews 13. This is the church now. We've looked at government. We just looked at the family. Let's look at the church, these three spheres of authority that God has given. This is Hebrews 13. Look at verse 17. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders. This is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I, I quote it constantly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they, this is spiritual leadership now, keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. And then he adds, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And so back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, even though we dislike discipline and we don't like rebuke probably most of the time, and maybe we even buck any authority that tries to admonish and warn us. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Ephesians 6, 3, that it may be well with you, look at the benefit, and that you may live long on the earth. Now it does say that fathers are not to provoke their children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And finally, a little bit more to your right is Hebrews 13. This is the church. Now we've looked at government. We just looked at the family. Let's look at the church. These three spheres of authority that God has given. This is Hebrews 13. Look at verse 17. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders, this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I, I quote it constantly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they, this is spiritual leadership now, keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. And then he adds, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And so back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, even though we dislike discipline and we don't like rebuke probably most of the time, and maybe we even buck any authority that tries to admonish and warn us, and I'm reading from a wonderful commentary I came across on this subject, the writer says, here is the ironic truth about authority. We like authority You guys remember the song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World? Everybody. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) We like authority, he goes on to say, but only when we are wielding it. We are fine with authority when we are in control. But when we are not in control, we feel as though we are being controlled. The problem with the human heart is that it wants to play God. Everyone wants to sit on the throne of his own life, calling the shots, judging those who stand before him, whether a passerby or a family member, and ensuring that there are no legitimate threats to the kingdom of self. It's not true that we don't like authority, but 
we only love authority as long as it is ours. And this is exactly why we're suspicious of authority on the whole. Human beings use and abuse the authority given to them for their own selfish desires, close quote. Oh, we like authority as long as we're dishing it out. The moment that we get called on something, it's not as comfortable, is it? But he says, but deep down we know we need good, healthy authority. We desperately desire all of us purpose, direction, and even accountability. In fact, many of us look back on our lives, and for those of you who, you know, maybe you're middle age or beyond, you can look back at seasons of your life, how many of you can resonate with this, and wish that there was some authority in your life who would have held your feet a little closer to the fire. Anybody? Anybody have regrets and look back and say, man, I wish someone would have been a little bit more in my face, a little bit more strict, maybe not all of you, but some of you. Uh, a little bit more saying, don't do that, because if you do that, here's what's going to happen. Now, we do know that our children, especially perhaps teenagers, you know, they, they chafe at some of that. They, they don't like it. But what we're trying to do as parents is save them pain, chaos, and regret. Now, I do know as I talk about a father figure, right, a lot of us have daddy issues, Right? We have issues with our fathers. In fact, uh, there's a huge percentage, what is it, 40 plus percent, who are now being born out of wedlock. They are being born into broken situations. So that it's like out of the gate, they, they have you know, this disadvantage. And even those of us who had a father perhaps present, or at least you know, reachable geographically, uh, speaking, or even in the home, sometimes had a bad experience. And so we have these daddy issues. So even when Paul says, you know, I became your father through the gospel, or we hear about Father God. I, I was watching a program um, that was talking about people who were coming out of sexual brokenness, and, and a woman had some issues with her father. So she said, in essence, I'm, I'm cool with Jesus, but I have a problem with God the Father. Because her view of a father was quite negative. And I, and I suppose we could all understand that. My own upbringing is in that category. Uh, my father left when I was four. I never saw him again. I found out that he died through an internet ancestry website. He called me one time on the phone in 30 plus years only to say, I'm going to come visit because he thought he had had a heart attack. And then when it was a false alarm, he didn't show up. That's my story. But when I started reading scriptures about God as the father of the fatherless and the defender of widows, I made a decision that I wanted my life to be different. I didn't want my boys to grow up in a broken home. So the negative actually motivated me to be the right kind of father. And I take fathering as a great privilege. And I wanted to be, I knew I wasn't going to be a perfect parent, but I wanted to be a present parent. I wanted to, to have an impact, and I knew that my impact on my boys would be significant when Shane, who was up here leading worship, was little, and he would dress like me, and uh, he would put on a tie and act like he was taking a briefcase to work. And I was the drummer on the worship team for many years. Some of you don't know this, but years ago, Pastor Michael was the drummer on the worship team. It is true. Now they've far surpassed me. But anyway, but he put out pots and pans in the living room 
and he would beat on them and act like he was the drummer on the worship team, and then he'd pretend like he'd go, he was going off to work. And now I'm going to go. And he, this is what kids do, right? They, they copy their parents. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, look, the church's business is really about spiritual reproduction. It's really about us trying to guide others who are getting saved and growing in the Lord. We're trying to guide them. So when Paul, the Apostle Paul speaks sarcastically early in chapter 4 and you know, basically takes them to task, he's doing so in the role of a spiritual parent. And some of us who have grown up in a household where maybe our parents were on us a lot, we get to the point where we're like, I know, I know, I know. And your parents are famous for saying, no, you don't know. You think you know. <laughs> My mom, every time I would leave the house, she would say these words, be careful, Michael. And then it would be, be careful in your daily activities. Be careful. Parents are always saying, be careful. You're like, I know, Mom, I know. No, you don't know. <laughs> I'm going to be. Parents are in the reminding business, aren't they? And then we get older and we realize how much we need the reminders. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.14, I don't write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Now we get the motivation. If there's somebody that's on you in your life, just know their motivation is in all likelihood love. I had a coach, I was playing football in high school, and he was constantly on me. And I only played one year of football because I was really a baseball player. But I even made this incredible hit. I, I remember this distinctly in my memory. I, I hit this guy. I was playing linebacker and I hit him solid and he went down. And my coach critiqued the hit. You were on the wrong side, Lance. You got to hit him on the right side. You got to drive him back towards the line, not away from the line. And I was like, what do I got to do to please this guy? And then I found out later, and I think he even told me, he goes, look, I wouldn't bother with you or ride you if I didn't care. I think you can be a great player, but here's what needs to happen. This is the way it is. He says, I don't want to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this is part one of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 about a spiritual father. We're officially in the holiday season, and that means that 2019 is almost over. But now is usually the time to think about what charities or ministries to donate to. Walk in Truth's mission is not only to reach out through the airwaves with God's truth, but also to connect with our listeners and bring answers to hard questions through events like the 633 event we did yesterday with Natasha Crane, helping parents teach their kids how to defend their faith. We have big plans for more events in 2020 and to expand the program to more radio stations to reach more people. But we could only do that if you partner with us on this mission. So take up arms with us, so to speak. If you're looking for a ministry to donate to, please consider Walk in Truth. Give what you can at walkintruth.com. We had a listener from Missouri give over $500 last week, so thank you so much, Cesar. Our goal is still to reach 32000 before the end of the year so we can get rolling on our plans. A monthly commitment of $35 or an end-of-year gift of whatever you can. Please visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word today. Well, it's Veterans Day, and I'd like to give a shout-out to all of our veterans. 
Thank you so much for fighting for our freedom, protecting our freedom. And thank you for saying yes to service and for protecting this great country. We deeply appreciate you. We pray for you. In fact, I want to pray for our veterans right now. Father, for all of our service veterans who uh, have come off the the field, uh, and and sometimes it's not the easiest transition, Lord, and, and it can be hard even years afterwards. I pray that your peace that passes understanding will guard their hearts. You'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because they trust in you. Bless our veterans, Lord, those who are not serving and those who are actively serving right now. May you protect them. May you give wisdom to our leaders and to all who make decisions in high places. May they have your heart and your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I'd like to invite you to a men's breakfast and study on November the 12th. It's at Corky's Kitchen right off the 15 freeway. We have several of these men's and women's studies during the week. And the best way to find out about the men's study on the 12th, the women's study on November the 14th at church at Living Truth is to download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Just look for the red logo with the pillars and you'll find out everything that's going on in the church. If you want to get connected with a Bible study, maybe you've been listening on radio, but you're not really connected with other believers. You don't have a chance to look other believers in the eye, have some time heart to heart, soul to soul. These are great studies to get involved in, especially if you live in the Inland Empire. Download the LT app for more information. Do it today and check out one of the Bible studies. God bless you. Tune in tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter four about our spiritual father. I'm Mike Massara. Hey, happy Veterans Day. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.